While we believe the information in this broadcast is reliable, we cannot guarantee its accuracy. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment advice or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Please consult your financial professional before making any investment decisions. Investment advisory services are offered through Precision Capital Management and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. SEC registration is not an endorsement of the firm by the commission and does not mean that the advisor has attained a specific level of skill or ability. Fiduciary duty extends solely to investment advisory advice and does not extend to other activities such as insurance or broker-dealer services. Advisory clients are charged a quarterly fee for assets under management, while insurance products pay a commission, which may result in a conflict of interest regarding compensation. Welcome to Beyond the Business, presented by the Coastal Financial Planning Group. Each Saturday morning at 8.30, listen in to successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the low country talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life. Now your hosts, Rick Durkee, Eric Cox, and Leslie Haywood. And great Saturday morning, low country. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Business. People you know, stories you don't. That's our tagline here with great entrepreneurship every Saturday morning from 839. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Cox, as usual, in studio with these great, fine people. That's it? Great, fine? Yeah, I can't come up much more. Than that. <laughs> <laughs> I was you're thinking. Right. I'm fine. Yeah. No, you great. Fine, I'm fine. great. Yeah, you, she's fine. Trust me. And yeah, you're, you're great. You're great. Well, thank you so much, Low Country. And make sure and follow us at Beyond the Business on our Facebook page and on Twitter, BTBCHS. Um, so for the past two weeks, we've had a really interesting guest. That was uh, one of our uh, every show was our best show. That's though, right, right. That's right. Up yep. until today, it's been our greatest guest. Our right? greatest guest. Yes. Uh, Barry Hand, founder and CEO of Extremity 3D. Um, I love to hear where people get their first spark of innovation and his company uh, makes prosthetic limbs with 3D printing. And one of his early inspirations was, uh, I felt, was really touching. Um, he works with um, handicapped children back in the day and, and actually innovate, through innovation figured out a way so that one of the children who was having a hard time pushing the car around um, could actually play with the play like the other kids. Um, and it was cool how he mentioned, Leslie, that he had come full circle. I think actually, Rick, you brought that up, that... What he did as a youngster, right? And then he got away from it, came full circle, and now using biology, obviously, to help people with prosthetics. And what an amazing business that is! And a great story. By the way, if you missed that story, uh, don't worry. There's a chance to go hear it on podcast. Just go to our website at coastalwm.com. Top right hand corner, you'll see radio podcast. Click on it. Barry Hand is there as well as our last twenty to twenty five guests. So, uh, you know, if you got a little downtime. Over this holiday weekend, want to listen to some great entrepreneurship stories, go check it out. Hey, I'm ready to move to this week's best guest. That's right. We have switched <laughs> gears. Miss Ingrid Tugwell is in the studio. Ingrid is the president and CEO of PST, Inc. And uh, first of all, Ingrid, thanks for being here on a Saturday morning and not just any Saturday morning. It's a holiday weekend. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Eric. All right. Well, here at uh, Beyond the Business, we like to delve deep into before there was a business. But before we get into all that, just give us a quick elevator pitch telling us what is PST? Thanks, Leslie. PST does computer training. We also have done historically soft skills training. We do a lot of DOD work, so a lot of government work all over the United States. Um, And in Charleston, we work with about 300 clients delivering computer training. And just before, again, we dive into this whole story, you've been an entrepreneur for how long? 
ever. Forever. Yeah, forever. Since I was 12 ever. in Charleston for 23 years. Ooh, I can't wait to hear about when she was 12. Well, yeah. now you just gave all the data, so everybody's doing the math. Yeah, now yeah, I'm, now I'm 15. Yeah. I'm regressing. <laughs> age goes backwards yes, when we get this right. age, right? <laughs> so, uh, Ingrid, we, as Leslie indicated, we'd like to start off the story uh, way back when and uh, talk about growing up. So give us a little uh, idea of uh, childhood. What was it like in your household? What were you like as a kid? All that fun stuff. Okay, well, I'm the bumper sticker that everybody loves in South Carolina. I'm the go back to Ohio. So um, I'm from Ohio, born and raised. And, uh, what part of Ohio? Nelsonville, outside of Athens. Okay. So um, came here for the BRAC, for the Navy, and started training. And uh, my parents, both manual labor, both worked two jobs to raise me and my brother. And um, that's where I get my work ethic. Wonderful. Now, are you? what's the birth order? I love the birth order question. Are you an oldest? <clears throat> I am the oldest and always in charge. Okay, so Ingrid, being the oldest... Of your uh, siblings, uh, tell me a little bit about some of those early leadership roles you might have taken on with your brothers and sisters. Um, definitely developed some strong leadership skills, did a lot of chasing him around the yard, um, a lot of babysitting skills, which taught me a lot about management, and um, hung him in the closet once and learned not to do that when the parents weren't home because the closet fell. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Hung him with what? Um, with a belt to the actual oh rack God. in the closet. So right, it, it so, was a um, nice learning We might experience. get some phone calls this morning yeah. after this opening. We didn't have DSS back then. That's <laughs> awesome. That's right. And this is where time out was begun. Yes. Her parents came home and told her, this and, is how we train. You and he still get along, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah Excellently. Good, good. He listens to everything you say, That's right? That's right. So um, other than being uh, you know, brutally mean to your siblings, uh, what other type of traits did you possess? as a child um very competitive um athletic and um i like to think that i was a team player in the classroom as well so and were you a good student no horrible no Uh, you know it's funny there's a lot of entrepreneurs that really Mm -hmm. um kind of find that the academics wasn't their thing and then they find their passion later so even throughout um high school Still? No? Still. Um, I'm still, even in what we do, a horrible, horrible student. Thinking about, we love to kind of look at this um, heritage of entrepreneurship. Were there any thoughts or seeds planted as a youngster about ever owning your own business? Or what did you want to do when you grew up? Uh, absolutely not. In the town I'm from, it was very small. Most people never got out. Most people are still there. Um, so it really wasn't something that was cultivated in the neighborhood that I grew up in. Um, so I was fortunate enough that my parents moved. And so I had the opportunity to do different things. I always wanted to be an attorney because I like to argue. Oh, commonality there with Mr. Cox. <laughs> what, that I like to argue or that no, I that you wanted to be an attorney at one point in your <laughs> life. Yeah. my wife this morning, really? <laughs> um, Ingrid, uh, so let's go back to and talk a little bit about some of those uh, early childhood experiences. Um, were there any mentors? What did your parents do um, for their careers? So mm-hmm. How did you learn from them and others uh, growing up? So my father worked in a power plant, uh, an electrical power plant and coal in Ohio. And then my mother worked at Goodyear. So she worked the night shift and my dad worked the day shift and they kind of traded off and um, both worked two jobs. So we spent a lot of time at sitters. And I would say both of my parents were probably my strongest mentors and instilled those work ethics. So they worked hard. They worked two careers. How many children were in the family again? Two. Two. Okay. So Mm -hmm. definitely had uh, their work cut out to uh, make sure that 
you were both taken care of and uh, got moved on into your educational uh, process. Um, did you go on then into college? Yes. Okay. Tell us a little bit about that. So we moved to from Ohio to Colorado, and I went to the University of Northern Colorado in Greeley so, and studied psychology. So that's a heck of a change from uh, Ohio yes, big to change. Colorado. Loved yeah. it. So uh, talk about that as a youngster and, and culturally how that impacted you. Um, I think it was good to get out and um, see the diversity, see something different and be in a different environment. Definitely opened my eyes to new experiences and um, not only a different environment, but um, the cultures and seeing things from different perspectives. Um, And I think it changed who I was fundamentally to be in a different place. And it definitely set me on a different path for sure. So it was a major impact. Major impact. Put me where I am today for sure. Now, um, you had said, did I hear correctly that at 12 you had your first business? Uh, sar- sarcastically. Oh, Leslie. okay. Yeah. I was like, because we actually, we have, yeah. we, have, we have stories of people that, oh, yeah. have, that have done yeah. that. Um, which is amazing. Which is amazing. So now in Colorado, what what did you do? What did you pursue? Um, actually, other than school, I just worked. So I worked at Pizza Hut. And uh-huh. that was it. And then from there, I went to Texas and worked at MD Anderson. And what was your degree? What were you thinking at this point you were going to, going to be when you grow up in um, college? Actually, what I wanted to pursue was I was either going to be an attorney mm-hmm. or yep. I was going to be a psychiatrist. And once I did a year of peer counseling, I decided that definitely wasn't for me. Not at all, because I was going to be crazy. So you said uh, you ended up at MD Anderson. So obviously you pursued more the psychology field. Mm-hmm. Um, Talk about the journey from Colorado to Texas. Um, So from Colorado to Texas, I went and worked at MD Anderson and worked in the public affairs department for a year. And I really enjoyed that and seeing all the different aspects of what they were doing to work with cancer patients um, and getting to tour people around the hospital and all the work that they were doing. Um, Definitely interesting. Houston, again, was a new venture and being in a different city. Um, And that's actually where I got into the classroom environment and decided that I was going to get into training and doing different things. I actually sat a class and saw somebody stand up and teach and thought it was pretty cool. Any uh, teachers or mentors during that uh, educational time period that uh, stand out that taught you some of the things that you believe in and use today? Actually, being the competitive person I am, Rick, I sat there and thought I could do a better job. And so that's kind of the catapult of what took me on to my next job. (laughs) Which was? Um, Working at MicroAge selling computers. And so from there, I sold a computer class and the trainer backed out and I decided I would do it. So that's a heck of a switch. So let's back up from this role that you had uh, working, obviously, for a a huge hospital group Mm -hmm. in uh, sounds like more of a a public affairs relations kind of role Mm -hmm. to also I'm going to start selling training. So um, how did that all come about? Um, Sitting in that class and just seeing what was going on and deciding that I had the people skills and I thought it would be something fun to do. So transition, started selling computers, sold a computer class trainer backed out and I said, I can do it. So there really wasn't this major uh, lifelong thinking about entrepreneurship and jumping off the cliff into the shallow waters and all that for you. It was a real simple, quick 
Just yep. let's go do it. I can yep. do it better. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I think it was just the competitive edge of just saying, no, I'm just going to do it. Definitely wasn't a lot of thought put into it by any means. And I'm going to assume at this time you didn't have a lot of life responsibilities nope. and huge bills. And so that wasn't part of the thinking and consideration. So nope. it made it a little early 20s and just said, don't know what I'm doing. So I'm just going to keep doing it. Now, at that in that age and that, and in that time, did you need a, a lot of entrepreneurs? You know, are thinking about how do do I need capital? Do I need you know? How did you did you bootstrap it? Did you really need anything to start this little venture? I got lucky. I had a couple of the herrings out of um, New York that were in Savannah, Georgia, with a computer company that did training, and they wanted to open in Charleston. So they tapped me on the shoulder and said, "Go," and it was just me. And I went and went from one employee to eight. And then about eight years later, I bought it from him. And by the way, in case you're wondering whose voice that is that is on the go, that's that of Miss Ingrid Tugwell, who's the president and CEO of PST Inc. here in Charleston. Okay. And now, Ingrid, um, so when we're starting up this business and uh, getting started here in Charleston, about what time was that? 80s? It was actually 1994. So all of this took place between 89 in 93, mm-hmm. um, November 28th, 1993, we opened the doors for PST in Charleston. So I'm just trying to place it as far as the personal computer revolution mm-hmm. and what was happening yeah. then at that time and, you know, retail computer sales and whatnot. Yep. So you were right in the thick of that, weren't right. you? Right. We were right on the cusp, which is an excellent point. We were right on the cusp of it. So Actually, maybe a little ahead of your time mm-hmm. in that case. Yeah. 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 In the mid-90s, we were, it was booming. Big time. So uh, talk about those early years. We love those uh, early on moments of adversity and struggle and entrepreneurship. Uh, Take us back to 93, 94. And what was it really like uh, starting your own business and trying to scale it back in that day? Um, It was interesting. It was just me sitting in a cubicle and we were subletting a classroom from CMS Automation. Um, and the interesting thing is we started on Faber Place Drive, subletting yeah. one room with eight computers. Rob Drummond, who's still in Charleston, was the GM there for CMS Automation. And um, I'm back on Faber Place today. So just moved back there three years ago. I've had three offices in the 23 years, and I'm right back where I started. In a Another brand- full circle story as That's we right. had last week, guys. In That's a brand right. new building. Or so. as, as Delta Airlines has used in the past, uh, good goes around. That's there, right. There you go. I like it. <laughs> so what was maybe uh, one or two of your toughest experiences early on? Um, probably one of the toughest experiences was getting too busy too quick and not being prepared for it. Um, and then the... Um, ups and downs of the economy in 2001. We rely heavily on the government. And 9-11, I literally had an Air Force class going. And when um, the towers were struck, they were in my office throwing up rabbit ears. And we were trying to figure out what was going on. And I knew things were not going to be good. So on that day, I had a national competitor open in my building on my floor. And it was the third time they had come to town. And 9-11 hit, and I was like, two bad things one day. This is not a good time. And, and it was literally a month after I just bought the business from the hearings. So I was getting prepared to figure out what plan B was going to be. So walk us – I'm sorry to yeah. take over here, but this is these are the moments we love to share with our listeners mm-hmm. who are out there right now in the – some of them in troubled waters, right? And they're entrepreneurs right. and trying to figure it out, and those tough moments hit. 
Um, obviously, there's a lot going on at that moment. How did you navigate that? How did you mentally get through this uh, this difficult challenge as an entrepreneur? I think when you when you're young, when I first started this journey, you don't put a lot of thought into it. I think as you mature and you go through a lot of the experiences, um, like I just spoke yesterday to the Small Business Development Council to about 30 people looking to start businesses. And I always tell them um, three things you need. You need to be patient. You need to have persistence um, and you need to have passion. And if you can't have those three things, you don't need to worry about the rest, like the cash flow, the scaling, the people. Those things will come and go. But the three things that you got to worry about, if you can't be persistent and go with ups and downs, you don't need to hang a shingle and open that door in the first place. So to answer your question, Eric, I just um, I started planning and I tried to figure out what we were going to do first. And so we diversified. And that's when PST went from just being strictly a computer training company to a computer training company and a leadership company. So we went from 100% of our business being computer training to 60% of our business being computer training and 40% being soft skills. And two years ago, um, Herbert Drayton and I bought Dale Carnegie. Yeah, South Carolina. A guest of ours here the last month or so that we had yes, on the show. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So we really started looking to diversify and not just depend on one business. And I'm curious, in the industry, um, what was Y2K like for you? I know 9-11 was, <laughs> uh, but we've had people talk I about Y2K. I that year. <laughs> right. I, I want to know what was going yeah, through your head. That's a great question. Well, yeah. Oh, good. Yay, yeah. Leslie. Huh? Yay. Great job, Leslie. <laughs> clap. Great oh, job. Yeah. Great job. Yes. So um, with a programming background, one thing we didn't foresee was um, if anybody's into programming, um, the Y2K mess came about because we didn't expect to have four delimiters or four digits for the year 2000. So everything was programmed to have two digits. So like 1968 only had six, eight instead of one, nine, six, eight. And that's why everybody panicked. And, um, so for us as a computer training company and servicing all the clients that we do, the banks thought we were going to have this mass exodus. Everybody was withdrawing cash. The DOD was having tons of issues. Um, so we were fortunate because we got a lot of training <laughs> out of it because everybody was trying to reprogram program systems. Um, and so it was good for us. Wasn't good for a lot of the other companies. But as we found, um, everybody came out of it and it was just fine. And everybody's systems got updated. And now with that, um, all the systems are regularly updated with Windows. So it's no big deal on the flip side of it. But for us, it was great. If we took your three P's, Ingrid, and made an equation of them, mm -hmm. you just showed us an example of your patience, persistence, and passion created opportunity. Oh, yeah. And that's what you got to look for all the time. We play a game at work called Flip It. So, and we've had a, a rough two weeks at work. Anytime something negative happens, we try to flip it and make it positive. So no matter what, we're going to try and make it a learning experience. And certainly games are fun too. So yeah, it's that's fun. right. It's like flip cup in yep. a good way. I was going to say, Rick, didn't you used to yeah, play that? I know, flip right. it? The, yeah, yeah, it's flip cup. <laughs> I think they had, yeah, beer involved or something. That's I'm not right. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no, that's Pong, man. But okay. yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was confused. Still beer involved. That's right. So, um, Again, going back into this sort of uh, the world of entrepreneurship, and I love uh, Leslie loves to bring out our, our tagline, people you know and stories you don't. So um, as you look back over your tenure as an entrepreneur, 20 plus years now, um, what would you say is that pivotal moment where sort of 
the light bulb went off for you and you kind of knew, you know what, no matter what, as an entrepreneur, I'm going to make this thing. The game changer. The game changer. I, I think the moment is when you think the worst thing that has happened you still make it the next day and you realize it wasn't the worst thing and the next worst thing happens and you think the dominoes are just going to keep falling and you keep making it. For me, um, it's just being resilient and knowing you can make the next one. And when you're a great leader, um, and I, I think people are good, but I always look for great. I think you've got to figure out how you're going to make the next one. And the pivotal moment for me is making it through what I would say is the worst experience and knowing I can do the next one and, and learn from the last one. And where do you think the qualities, um, well, go back to persistence, patience, and passion. Where did that come from in your life? I, I don't think you should do anything you're not passionate about. Um, I don't think you can be good at anything if you're just going to give up when it doesn't work. Um, and if you're not patient, which that's probably the thing I struggle with the most. <laughs> which I would imagine most entrepreneurs, that's their yeah. challenge, right? Um, is patience. Um, but I will say the older I get, that's the one thing I'm getting better at. Um, it, you just you make it. And so I've learned a lot of that lately. So, Ingrid, I want to go back to where you had to diversify the business, do a little vertical marketing there, Mm -hmm. you know, spread out a little bit and go to the training and talk about the training and how you uh, expanded your business and offered that. And was there anything else, too? that you added? So we did. We diversified in two ways. One is we went into the soft skills training, and that actually was suggested by the Chamber of Commerce because I would go and do a lot of CE round, CEO roundtables and so speak. Just, for our listeners, describe soft skills uh, training for them. Okay, Eric. Um, so we do a lot of conflict resolution, team building, um, effective speaking, anything that had to do with communication and just working with leadership coaching, things of that nature. And then we also would do consulting. So Leslie had the question about Y2K. We do database development. We go into companies and look at efficiencies, working on Excel worksheets and things like that to help companies do better and work with their workflows. So we diversified not only the computer training into soft skills, as Eric mentioned, and the different things we can do to work with people and not just processes, but we also did consulting services. So looking at systems efficiency also, coordination of of the computer with the training and and the different functions of the business. Absolutely. So we put the people and the processes together. So uh, we have just a couple of minutes left in today's show, unfortunately. But um, I love that the thought of, you know, we have all these different entrepreneurs and some have products. And in your case, this is more of an intangible. Correct. It's just a service. It's a service. Mm -hmm. So describe what that uh, A is like as an entrepreneur and B, over the 20 plus years you've been doing it, how that's changed to have an intangible that you're selling versus a tangible product. That's a great question. So the the products are easy to sell, as everybody knows, because right. you you base that on what you like. Touch, taste, smell, feel. You it, got right? it. Mm-hmm. It's it's tangible, as you said, so you can see it. Um, what we do is service oriented, so you're selling yourself, and that's why we look for great people, not good people, and it's based on our reputation. 
And we were one of 16 companies that's opened and closed since 94 in Charleston. We compete all over the world for training. Um, and people are usually surprised to find out we're not just sitting here in Charleston. Most of our classes are done outside of our actual office. And um, so what we do, Eric, is we sell ourselves. And we have to do a great job doing that. And we have to set that expectation and we have to meet it. And we have to do that every single day. And um, it gets harder and harder every day because it's hard to find passionate people that believe in what you're doing and actually show up and do it every day. How many? You said there are 16 that have come and gone. How many are left? Um, actually, it's us and about four other companies, Leslie, and those companies are new. And our biggest competitor is Trident Tech. Oh, wow. Pretty big competitor in the yeah, area, pretty right? big, pretty, pretty big. <laughs> well, I think we're about to wrap things up, but I want to make sure everybody knows where to find us. To, um, if you want to continue the conversation, definitely go to our Facebook page, Beyond the Business, and also make sure and follow us on Twitter at BTBCHS. And again, a uh, great show with uh, Miss Ingrid Tugwell today, who's the president and CEO of PST, Inc. In case you happen to jump in, Late on this show, shame on you, first of all, uh, but you can pick up what you missed by going online to CoastalWM.com. Upper right-hand corner, you'll see an icon for radio podcasts. Click on it. Click on Miss Ingrid Tugwell. It will take a couple of days to get it up there, but you can pick up anything that you might have missed this morning on that podcast. And make sure you stay tuned for another show right after this called Your Game Plan for Retirement. And Ingrid, we'd like to thank you for joining us today and look forward to having you back on our show next week, Beyond the Business. Thank you. Join us 830 next Saturday morning here on 94.3 WSC. Until then, Charleston, have a blessed week. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Join the Christian business movement. Visit sc-c3.org. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Business, presented by the Coastal Financial Planning Group. If you're a successful business leader or entrepreneur and would like to be featured on a future program, send an email to rick at cfpgroup.biz. Listen in next Saturday morning at 830 for Beyond the Business, presented by the Coastal Financial Planning Group and heard exclusively on News Radio 94.3 WSC. You've invested countless hours and dollars building your business, and now your investment in your business has paid off. But did you know that according to Business News Daily that more than 60% of small business owners planning to leave their business in the next 10 years don't have an exit strategy? Hi, it's Rick Durkee of the Coastal Financial Planning Group. Let me ask you, have you planned your personal financial future wellness as well as that of your business? Have you established a succession plan for your business? Have you developed a plan for your perpetual legacy? Join me for a free discovery workshop to develop the best strategy for your business. BEST Business Exit Strategy Timetable. Call now and I'll send you an invitation by email to learn how to develop your business exit strategy timetable. Call 843-735-5065. That's 843-735-5065 for this free discovery workshop on how to develop your business exit strategy timetable. 843-735-5065.